You're listening to Living It Up in Lion City, a podcast about Singapore, where locals and foreigners sit down, chill, crack open a beer, and talk about life here and what goes on in this amazing city. Hello, Internet, and welcome to yet another awesome episode of Living It Up in Lion City. Uh, a podcast about a local and a foreigner sitting down, chilling, having a beer, and talking about life here in Singapore. I'm Rindo. And I'm Raj. And we're here to... What are we here to talk about? The arrogant NRI. Yes. But before that, there's a couple of interesting things that happened uh, last week. For one, we finally got approved <laughs> for Spotify. It's Yay. been... Yeah. And, you know, it, it's great. Like, it's so cool to see our podcast showing up on Spotify on a platform like Spotify. So hopefully a lot more people can get to listen to it and enjoy the bullshit that we have to say. Um, we also did go to a podcaster's meetup last week. Where even, yeah, even though I was late and people thought I was, like, just another customer. Also there. <laughs> but we ended up having a really good time. We got to meet up with a whole bunch of... Uh, folks from the local podcast scene um, got some tips, got some tricks, and overall had a great time. And I'm really keen to meet up with them again. Uh, you know, um, so yeah. All right, back to topic. Today we are going to talk about the asshole NRI. Um, for those who don't know, NRI is short for non-resident Indian, or in local parlance, uh, an Indian national. I am an Indian national, and uh, Raj here is a Singaporean of Indian descent, which makes the both of us foremost experts <laughs> on in, shitting. Yep, in shitting on Indian nationals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so please don't throw the racist card at us, because we're essentially shitting on ourselves, right? Um, so, Raj, I just want to start off with, uh, you know, some experiences that I've had when I first moved to Singapore. Sure, go for it, man. Um, so one of the more interesting things that happened is that so usually when I take a cab, you know, to work or back home or something like that, I end up chatting with the the taxi uncles, and you know, throughout the conversation we talk about stuff, and uh, you know, over time I get, I've gotten this a number of times where the taxi uncle comes and tells me, "Oh, you're not like the typical Indian national," and I'm like, "Why?" And they say, oh, because you're, you're smiling and you're friendly and you're chatty. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, is, is, that, is, is, is the bar that low? <laughs> um, but I'm curious. Like, so it's always, I've always been curious about like, what is it? Like, what kind of people are these guys meeting? And why is it that the average international uh, doesn't, is perceived to not be friendly or smiley or chatty? And, you know, I've been thinking about this for quite some time. And, you know, I was just curious to know what your thoughts are, you know, as a Singaporean. Like, have you heard of these things before? Uh, well, to be honest, I've heard it. Okay. I've experienced it before as well. Experienced? How so? Uh, just over a phone call. So I used to work as a uh, customer, like, you know, uh, customer service yeah. uh, for Singtel. Right. Uh, yeah, so... Some of them, they will just call up and start shouting. So shouting is fine yeah, because every one calls into a, a telecommunication company will basically start shouting for one reason or the other. Because otherwise they wouldn't call, right? Yeah. yeah okay, okay. <clears throat> yeah, but this guy, he basically called to get a three months uh, so that he can renew his headphones or rather his headsets to a yeah. new to a new phone. Um, yeah, and he started... 
basically saying you have no idea who am I, how much I earn and all that. In my head, I was like, okay, first thing, I do not know who you are. Well, I kind of do because your, de- your data is over the, like, <laughs> the screen. <laughs> um, the second thing is that if you, if you, if you put in the you put the point across whereby you have no idea how much I earn, why the hell are you calling us to give you a, a new, like allow you to buy a new head, uh, headphone? Okay. Within, I guess, in like 18 months. So essentially, is he trying, to, is this person trying to bully you into better service? Bully me into better service and give him the privilege of recontracting um, six months before time. Okay, okay. But then again, this was what, 10, 11 years ago. Okay, right. So I do not know how much things have changed so far. For sure, for sure. I mean, to bring back to your point about, you know, when you're in customer service, of course, there's going to be asshole customers of all colors and, you know, flavors. And they're essentially only calling because they have some grievance to air, right? But having said this, now, you know, we can talk about this just being an anecdotal experience. This is being like... No, but then again, I have my experience... uh, other Indian foreigners, be it a student or be it a, yeah. someone who's here working, yeah. you know, at a bar or something like that. And these guys, they're just freaking arrogant. Right. I, I guess like, I tried my best to chat with them like nicely or happily, but then they will start insulting. Yeah. Not me, but okay. like people around them, like uh, maybe another customer sitting on another table. Okay. They'll start insulting them in their own language and like, what a loser and right. all that stuff. Um, I didn't quite like it, but I had to tolerate it because they were my friend's friend. Of so course. We were just there for one or two drinks and then I was like, okay, I'm going to meet some other guys. Okay. So Raj, if you if you met me like eight years ago when I first moved here, um, you know, I would have been um, super defensive about it. I'd be like, no, not all Indians are like that. You know, there's like Indians are different kinds of flavors and all that. You can't brush us with the same uh, brush, so to speak. But then I've heard not just one anecdotal story, like tons of anecdotal stories. From taxi drivers? From, from a lot of people, you know, and this is, this is what I find quite embarrassing also as an Indian national. Um, you know, I hear all these stories about, you know, uh, people being arrogant, uh, people being demanding, people being, um, you know, they do this weird flex, like, um, oh, do you know who I am? Exactly yeah. what said, right? So it's like there's this, there's this need to, to brag, you know, and somehow that gives them, uh, I don't know, they're expecting a privileged treatment because of it. Um, so, and I used to be so against that kind of sentiment when people tell me that, hey, you know, the internationals are biggest. But after years of living here, I do notice that there's a pattern. I'm not saying have you, that... Have you actually uh, experienced it, like from another... Uh, See, so yeah, and that's the thing, right? So it also comes from personal experience. Um, listeners, I want to emphasize, this is hashtag not all Indians. <laughs> we do realize that this is not definitive of a majority of the Indian nationals who live here. And so yeah, you know what? You can judge all you want. Yeah, but, but here's the thing, right? So like, I am aware of this. Like, we have like all sorts of awesome friends, you know, from all over the place and all that. And we know that the actual assholes are a minority. but. We have to admit that there is a definitive pattern of, of poorish behavior, uh, and unfortunately, a lot of them are from you know my country. Now, I I've always tried to rationalize it like, oh, you know, we as Indians we're a country of 1.3 billion people. You know, so even one percent of the assholes is like you know in the millions, right? Yeah, 13 what 13 million? 13 million, I guess. No, that's uh, 13 million would be 10 percent. So. 1% would be 1.3 million. 
No. Oh. 13 million. Yeah, bro. I'm sorry, guys. And, and, yeah, and, and for, I... <laughs> and for a moment, I thought, is, my, is something wrong with my maths? <laughs> See, the numbers in India are so big that, you know, I, I don't even understand what they mean anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're right. See, like, essentially, 1% of the population is like 13 million people. So there's going to be a ton of crazy people out there, uh, like right? Twice the size of Singapore yeah. population. So, like, the only kind of... Um, so if you meet a lot of assholes, you could say that, yes, um, you know, it is, um, you know, it can be ascribed to a particular country, nationality, race or ethnicity or community. But um, I do once again want to emphasize hashtag not all Indians. Now, um, on to personal experiences that I've had. Um, Raj, I've essentially had the same, similar experiences to yours. Um, even as an Indian national, I like to think of myself as a nice guy. Uh, Dude, you are. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but I, I tend to find the, oh, you're not a typical Indian, slightly problematic. Because what I've noticed is that when people tell me, oh, you're not like the typical Indian, in my mind, what they're essentially saying is that, hey, I'm going to separate you from the, the majority. other Indians. Right. And that gives me license to shit on them and be racist. But because I've elevated you, you know, Oh, I'm not being racist with you. Yeah, exactly, right? So but somehow to your kind, but yeah, not so, you. Exactly. So essentially that person is insinuating, hey, you know, I'm giving you the privilege of not being part of that group, and <laughs> then I can be as racist as I want. So for a lot of reasons, I find that slightly problematic. But once again, I try not to call people out on it, because in a lot of ways, it's not intentional. And sometimes I try to, I try to gauge if people are, if it's coming from a good place, or if they're being... Uh, deliberately condescending, you know, so that's when I try to make that judge. But that said, um, um, about personal experiences, um, you know, every time when I go to a bar, for example, uh, when I'm hanging out with people, and, you know, I meet uh, people from all parts of the world, uh, I am fairly chatty as a person, and I interact with a lot of people, and what I've noticed is that with, with people from my nationality, there's tons of awesome dudes and dudettes, and it's great. Um, but there are some people that I've met who are extremely demanding. Um, and one interesting thing that I've noticed is that um, of the minority of Indians that I meet who are assholes, like, they all have this particular habit of being extremely shitty to, to waiters, to waitresses. To anyone who serves them. Yeah, right. to, to, to customer service. Uh, and shit like that, and you know, it's not just a bar. It can be any place. It doesn't. Have, it does, drinking doesn't have to be. Oh, involved. Then, this reminds me of like uh, a really old movie. Yeah, okay, not that old. Go on. Uh, Munna Bhai. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I've seen the movie, but like, you, you know the the next the part two of the movie, like a girl calls in. I'm I'm meeting this guy for the first time. How do I know whether he's an asshole or not? Oh yeah. Okay. And, and okay. He, and uh, Sanjay, that who was the lead actor in the movie, he mm. basically said. Just notice the way he treats the waiter. Okay. How does he call the waiter? If it's in a rude way, it's a no-go. He's an asshole. Okay. So, okay. yeah, the guy was rude to the waiter, and by the time he turned around, the girl was gone. Okay. I've seen that movie. It's Lagi Raham Unabai with Vidya yes. Balan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great movie, by the way, guys. If, oh, you should watch it. Um, but anywho, you're right, yeah, right? Sorry, sorry to interrupt you earlier. Yeah, but all good. So the thing is that this happens a lot, right? Now, once again, I also want to say that um, shitty behavior of customer service is not exclusively an Indian thing. There are people that I've met who have been shitty all across the board. Um, but, you know, shitty behavior towards customer service is often ascribed to a particular kind of uh, Indian, which is the asshole Indian national. <laughs> 
Um, it's so hard for me to say this, you know, as an Indian national myself, you know. You should, have it, you should actually see his face. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that I really want to explore this particular angle, right? Now, has this happened so much that, you know, essentially if you say that you're an Indian national, you know, these are the um, characteristics that are attributed to me, you know? Um, and I just want to know, like, why? Is there a particular background uh, in Singapore that brought about this kind of notion? So, Have there been some incidents? Um, I've, to be honest, I cannot say much on that, but I have experienced whereby in a cab, a taxi drive, I was in a cab and I was heading back home. Uh, the taxi driver stopped really far from where I actually wanted to get down. Okay. So I told him, hey, you know what, uh, can you just move up another like 500 meters or something? He basically did that while complaining, saying that, why are all you people like this? Okay. I was like, like what? Like, yeah, your color, they are all like this. Can't you guys walk for a while? Like, uh, it, like it's a service you're providing, you're paying for the service. Okay. And 500 meters is not really a short distance. Like, what was the taxi driver's main problem? Like, why so did he not want to stop there? Oh, I mean, I guess... He thought that was the place, but I said no. That's that's not the place. Okay. Uh, it's slightly in front. So, okay. So he, while he drove, he was ranting about you know how lazy we are, or rather like we are so demanding. And yeah, I kind of feel that like he had that same experience a lot of time. It could be like just moving up a, a meter or two, or maybe five hundred meters. He, maybe that that just triggered him. Okay. So can I ask Raj, like, is he talking about people of Indian ethnicity in general or Indian nationals specifically? Uh, he, was, he was just saying color, man. Okay, so essentially he's racist as fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, so we, we, can't, we can't decouple incidents of racism from this, which is absolutely true. Uh, but having said this, what I've noticed among a lot of people is that um, you know, every time when I talk to people, you know, sometimes uh, they make it a point to understand if I am Singaporean Indian or Indian Indian. Dude, As I still that's how they, Oh, okay. So t tell us more about like how, like what, what's the difference in attitude and behavior? And uh, how soon do you have to establish that, yes, you are Singaporean? So firstly, first, yesterday's Cal Surfing Meetup. Okay. Calvin, the guy who came in. Yeah. He was asking me, where am I from? I was like, from Singapore. Okay. So what type of Singaporean are you? Are you like naturalized or were you born here? I was like, what wow. the fuck? Okay. What okay. kind of question is that? So I had to tell my whole history <laughs> to justify I was born here. Wow. I mean, Kelvin, well, I, I met him and you know, he seems like a fairly nice guy. So I'm trying to understand if it's coming from a good place or in his I mind. Guess so. I guess so, it's really because I mean, is it like is the girls turning and saying that, oh, should I change my behavior based on whether he's uh, Singaporean Indian or Indian Indian? Or is it just like background information when you're meeting someone for the first time? Okay, now how he thinks, that is something we can never get. Of course, of course. Um, but this is not the first time, right? The previous time you were there as so. well. Yeah. Uh, Take me through it. I think it was Jasmine or uh, the Chi like Jasmine Yen. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was the one I was here. Oh, uh, so a common, we were, you know, having a conversation and somehow uh, this thing tripped in that uh, I was a Singaporean. And she was shocked as fuck. Okay. Because, yeah, we have met a few times and all that, you know, before the whole crew. Right. And she always thought that I was from India. Okay. I have no idea why, but I don't see a point to actually 
you know, establish that I'm a Singaporean yeah, until unless someone asks, that's right? That's true. Because if you just keep, you know, going guns blazing, yes, I'm Singaporean, it, it seems a little petty, right? Yes. <laughs> but, but then it, I don't mind when the pressure comes out that, hey, are you Singaporean? I'm right. like, yeah. Okay, I'm cool with the question. Okay. It's the reaction okay. that they give. Oh shit, you're Singaporean, I didn't know, blah, blah, I always tell you. It's like, okay, so why do you have to be so shocked? Okay, okay. Well, like, I, how, like, how, how, like, what do you actually feel about all these Indians that you made? That, yeah, yeah, then maybe you go like, yeah. So, I mean, isn't your accent a dead giveaway? It depends, right? Like, when I'm speaking to you, I try not to speak English. Of course, of course. But then when you're speaking with your fellow Singaporeans, I mean, of yeah, course, you know, that, that comes out. Yeah, right? the code switching comes in. Yeah. And I have no idea why that person basically thought. And maybe, maybe they were thinking that I'm trying to fit in. That's true, that's true. And as someone who is considered a fob, fresh off the boat, like <laughs> one of the first things that we do on our mission to invade other countries yeah. is that we quickly adopt and learn everything about it. <laughs> you know, like know their enemy as they say. Um, and, you know, when I moved here to Singapore, I was desperate to, um, you know, shed my fob image, <laughs> you know, because there's a thing, right? So, like you said, I think a lot of people that I've met and interacted, you know, tend to want to understand your origins. And I always assume it's because they will tailor their conversations based on, you know, this particular kind of information. And it doesn't always seem to me like it's a casual question to just to get to know you. I always feel like there's a, you know, Oh, okay, so if he's Indian Indian, this is what we're supposed to talk about. If he's Singaporean Indian, then we can, you know, be a little more loose and casual, right? Um, I'm not saying that this is racist. I think this is just mostly like, it's like thin slicing, you know? You try to understand as much as you can about the person in the shortest time possible, right? Which, you know, it can cross over into racism a lot of times, but that's a story for another time. Now, as a fob, you know, in another country, um, I am generally desperate to shed that image, you know? Yeah, so, so I do things that are, you know, stereotypically not ascribed to Indian nationals. Alright, so coming to that question, yeah. and you say you're very defensive when people say, oh, all Indians are um, Indians from India are all like arrogant and... Yeah. Why do you love to, or rather, why do you want to disassociate yourself? Well, that's an interesting question. I think... I've always had this inherent need to feel like I belong. And if I were to hold on to, you know, my identity in general, and if that is considered not desirable so, or cool, I would want to, you know, tailor it so it's palatable to, you know, uh, the people that I'm interacting with. Right. So, so basically, instead of defending, uh, you know, the arrogant NRIs and say that, hey, you know what, maybe they're not, uh, they don't know you that well, maybe they're just being defensive and that's how they give you a, like a one-word answer or something like that. So instead of being, instead or rather, instead of defending them, they're just like, yeah, it's not all of us. It's, they're just saying, you know, bad fish. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? Like, when I hear conversations like this, you know, there's this involuntary tightening, you know, in my chest and I'm like, oh shit, you know, I know where this conversation is headed. And most of the time, because it's always usually not the effort because there's tons of other things to talk about and rather move on to those topics you know i just brush it off with ah yeah you know it happens and then i try to move away from it um you know over time i i will admit that i've tried to separate myself away from those kind of uh, people and behaviors and i'm not gonna lie and i will confess that i have done things that are diametrically opposite to what people assume indian nationals would do 
for an example? Uh, for example, if I go to a food court and let's say one night I'm craving biryani, you know, I'd be like, oh man, I crave biryani so much. But then I'm like, no, I'm with friends, you know, let me, uh, I, I want to I wanna seem cosmopolitan and cool, you know, right. so I'm gonna, yes, I'll have that charcuterie, you know. Um, so in my initial phases of living here in Singapore, I used to do all of those things and it was conscious effort, which turned out to be great because I now fucking love all the food here and it's great, right? But like, what I'm trying to say is that as someone fresh off the boat, there are a lot of people like me who want to distance themselves from typical fob behavior just because we noticed that, that there are consequences um, of acting like a fob. You know, there are a lot of people in, in bars, in clubs, uh, who tend to be rather disdainful um, of, of foppish behavior. Um, if you go to other countries and you meet, um, you know, uh, the communities of Indian descent there, they tend to be quite quickish and they're very, very standoffish with uh, Indian nationals who've just moved there because for some reason, I don't know, I just get this impression that, um, you know, they don't want uh, the fobbiness to rub onto them. Right. You know, to put it crudely. Um, I know there's, there's a lot more nuance than that, okay? I'm not saying that uh, the Indian diaspora is not welcoming, they are. It's just that there are these little things, these little microaggressions that happen in bars and clubs um, where, you know, where I've come to realize that by identifying as an Indian national, I'm somehow perceived, you know, that I'm at a disadvantage. You know, so long story short, there are a lot of things that I've done, that there are a lot of behaviors that I've tweaked about myself to somehow, you know, signal to the world that, you know, I'm not far. I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. I'm different. You know? But then again, like any country that you go, that That's, has a... That, that is also there, right? So, which is great. Like, in, in, if you're putting a positive, if I, if I want to put a positive spin to it, it would be me, you know, appreciating, understanding local culture, integrating, so putting in an extra effort, a conscious to, effort yeah, to, to understand it and, and learn the great. culture. And, yeah. and so, like, and it, it pays off, you know, like, people are nice. Um, you know, I can talk about, you know, current happenings in Singapore and people are like, yes, let's talk about this. We've, I've had, like, amazing conversations with you, for example, with all our friends, uh, because I like to think that, you know, I put in some effort to understand what's happening in the country, what's going on, the customs, the traditions, so, the little jokes, the memes, you know. Uh, but yeah, go on, you were going to say. Yeah, so, do you think these arrogant NRIs, they do not do that? There is always going to be a sizable portion of foreigners, regardless of country, I may add, uh, that will always prefer to stay within their bubble. If you remember episode one, oh. where we talked about you know expats in their bubble, it is quite analogous to that. Because right. at the end of the day, these arrogant NRIs that we're talking about are, I'm going to assume, are the Indian expats who probably stick within their bubble. Once again, this is not just those Indians. We're talking about expats in general. A lot of expats tend to, you know... Um, Huddle among themselves. Yeah, exactly. And so the Indian expat is one of them, right? Um, I'm not going to lie when I say that there isn't, I mean, sorry, uh, yeah, uh, shit, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought, uh, what were we, uh, uh, yeah, but Indian expats, right? Yeah, like, what makes, so, like, they do not put in a conscious extra effort. <coughs> Are you off, did you? Uh, no, dude, I don't. Do you have anything? No, no, it's all good. Okay. No worries. Um, 
Yeah, sorry, I'm not feeling too well, so. Oh, good. I'll edit this part. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so there are. There's always going to be a bunch of expats who, for various reasons, would prefer to stay within their bubble. Now, it's not necessarily because they are disdainful of the country that they're living in or the culture that that country has. It could be because of they do not want to put an extra effort. Yeah, you know, they probably have stressful jobs. They probably have to deal with you know family. They probably have to deal with you know. Um, you know, both their home country and the countries here, uh, this homesickness and all those things. So because of that, you know, people tend to stick to communities and societies because, that they're familiar with, you know? In a sense, because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what I'm hearing is that they tend to stick with people, I mean, regardless of color or whatever, yeah. is because they are sharing the same experiences. Like, yes. you know, they're missing home or they yes. have some homesickness. Yeah. 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 That's also there, and I mean, and that's you know, it's it's a. But it doesn't, it doesn't downplay the fact that why do they still have to be bitches? That's the thing, and this is what I'm trying to understand, right? So we meet expats of all colors, flavors, and you know dispositions. Um, each nationality has an expat group that tends to be, you know, they tend to like keep within themselves, and that's completely fine, you know, knowing their circumstances. Now. My question to you, as a Singaporean, Raj, is that: Do you find that um, arrogant expats are more predominant um, among the Indian expats, or is it all across the board? Wow! Being uh, an Indian national, I do interact with a lot of Indian expats, um, so maybe my view is biased. So the assholes that I meet. Are probably a lot more than the assholes that I meet from expats of another community or country, right? So, but as a Singaporean who probably has more access to all these other people, what do you think? Well, uh, so most of the expats that I know, uh, you know, will go for Dragon Boat and yeah. So I go for Dragon Boat. Yeah. Uh, we are flex, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, so I, so in that scene. I guess half of them are all expats. Okay. And they're pretty nice people. Um, maybe one or two seem a bit arrogant, but okay. once you break down the barrier or the wall, yeah, they they start laughing with you, joking with you. Um, I guess I guess it's usually, it's be, it's because of the wall that they have, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and then, once those walls come down, yeah, they then become regular people, right? Um, which is great, and this applies to everyone. Like even among the Indian expats, it's the same thing over and over again. But then I still keep getting this perception that you know Indian expats or Indian expats are great, except for a few who tend to be larger in number than um, the asshole expats anywhere else. Um, like but here's the funny thing: why do these small little assholes like become the? I don't know, like, why do people generalize all these NRIs just because of, like, you know, a bunch of bad apples? Well, isn't that the case everywhere? Like, you know, broad stroking and generalizing happens across all communities. You know, to take the example of that taxi uncle who told you, like, hey, why are you all like that? You know, essentially he was broad stroking you because you were brown, right? Hey, I'm um, caramel, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this probably happens everywhere else, you know, there are divides 
along you know religious lines there are divides along community lines there are divides along football lines you know people discriminate based on which fucking football team you know you so that you like and so there's always going to be that kind of you know broad stroking generalization um, you know living in singapore as an indian national i tend to be a lot more sensitized to negative perceptions of other indian nationals right um, so there are there could be a lot of factors and and raj like i want to explore a whole bunch of things now you know having lived in singapore for a while i have noticed that there are certain themes to the negative perceptions about indian nationals here right now could these factors be considered as reasons uh, to hate on the arrogant indian nationals or at least to you know to say that oh you know all these fucking arrogant indian nationals right um okay i maybe i want to rephrase um there are some factors that i just probably want to you know uh, discuss with you and see if these could probably be if these are probably reasons why these perceptions come about sure um we talked about entitled mentality right yeah now i do have something to say about this so you uh, the examples that you provided were essentially you know a bunch of people being entitled or right? feeling entitled yeah or... feeling entitled you know flexing saying that hey do you know who i am you do know how much money i make yeah. and um you know as an indian i will say this growing up and living in india especially in the cities there is so much demographic pressure you know that everybody has to hustle so like we all grew up with a hustle mentality that you have to go and get it like and because of that yeah i mean like 1.3 billion people yeah, right. what you know, is best right? there's limited resources so we all have to hustle right because of that aggression is considered a virtue I'm not saying this applies to all Indians but then in Indian cities there is that hustle that goes on you know um people are aggressive and that's considered a good thing it is it is you know um not called being aggressive it's called being a go getter it's like basically trying to get into the local mumbai train during peak hour yeah something like that you know you got to be aggressive because otherwise someone else is going to get in and you're yeah, going to be stuck that, there yeah if that person dies fuck him yeah that's the thing right isn't that fucked up It is it is the thing is that when you have like a massive population a very small place these kind of things happen right now the thing is that because of that now this is once again my subjective opinion i feel that there's i feel that there is something so ingrained in our culture oh yeah all right so that part we have to cut it out yeah yeah so the thing is i feel that there is something so ingrained in our culture that rewards aggression you know okay so because the hustle mentality the, the person who hustles wins at the expense of everyone else we tend to reward that we tend to glorify that we're like yes um you know he hustled he made it he's aggressive he's made it and let me not also consider okay apparently there's a fire somewhere yeah say all right let's go yeah so you know let's let me also not you know understate the importance of how bollywood portrays um machoism you know so gangsterism is glorified a lot of our heroes and actors in 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 movies in india tend to play characters that are tough or gruff they get shit done you know so there's that perception that yeah, but the movies itself they don't show the actors as a arrogant or actually they do a lot of movies like if you go to, if you okay let's not talk about the uh, the A, a significant bunch of movies that caters to um the foreign crowd right if we were to focus on 
crowd pleasers. Alright, so for example, this really awesome movie, Gangs of Wasipur. Oh, you have to understand, Gangs of Wasipur is not mainstream. Yeah, it's not. So I'm. Yeah. Let's uh, go into that a, a little bit. Yeah. So these guys are all gangsters. Yeah, yeah. So, you, so you are saying that because of this uh, hostile mentality, they become gangsters and they become really rich and stuff, and yet they treat everyone the same. See, like, you know, being being a dickhead yeah, to everyone. See, see, that's the deal, right? So it's like. And, and that's a good thing. You see, it, I don't believe it is. I've generally had a huge problem with Bollywood portraying that kind of machoism as toxic because essentially the idea that they're, uh, you know, push, putting forth is that, yes, you know, if you're tough, you will make it, you will get the girl, you know, and then stuff like that. So this colors the way that we uh, comport ourselves. You know, growing up, um, we watch all these movies, you know, we emulate them, we imitate them, we try to be cool and tough and gruff, and all of these toxic behaviors that are normalized in Bollywood somehow, you know, seep into what we do in our daily lives. So seep into your character as a person? I would say behavior. I mean, if you're arrogant, you just... Yeah, that's also there. Yeah, but things that, so if someone who's super arrogant somehow watches this, in, sees this in uh, Bollywood films, like, oh, you know, that's normal. Essentially normalizing it, right? Yeah. So but, yeah. But our behaviors are also, you know, rewarded based on how aggressive we are. Once again, I want to emphasize this is not generalizing a country of 1.3 billion people. What I'm saying is that there is a significant pattern that is perpetuated by Bollywood. Now, yeah, so that, so what I wanted to get was that, you know, because of this aggressive mentality, I think we grow up and, you know, live with the idea that in order to get shit done, we have to hustle, we have to be tough, we have to be mean, we can't show our, our, our weakness by being nice, because... Yeah, I can't... I, and I'm sorry, man. I just don't agree with you on that. Okay. Okay. I'll be because I'll be speaking more towards a bias standpoint. Well, okay. A bias standpoint will be more towards uh, as as a uh, Singaporean with uh, Indian descent yeah. uh, ethnicity. You can't get shit done by being nice as well. You're yeah. coming back to like how I was, uh, you know, a customer service back eleven yeah. years ago. People who were like fucking rude to me. Fuck, I, I do not help them at all. Yeah. I'll try to, you know, say things like, oh, it cannot be helped and this is your fault. You did it. So, yeah, we can't do anything because you consciously make the effort to do that. Yeah. But people who are nice, I'll go out of my way to help them to sort it out. This is what I'm trying to say. Like, I, I believe there is a cultural element that lets people be nice here and get rewarded for it. What I'm trying to say is that more often than not, being nice in, let's say, a very urban part of India gets you no points. What I'm trying to say is that if, so I grew up with this notion, like, so when, when I was trying to go into big cities and all that, my parents and my family would say that, you know, if you're going to say, don't smile at anyone, you know, act tough, don't act like you can be taken advantage of. So oh. that colors the way that I interact with people. Like, so I'm like, oh, if, I, if I'm nice, someone will shit on me. Someone will try to take advantage of me. So I always put on this tough persona. This is, of course, a very subjective experience, but I do feel that it is something that a lot of people in India share. Now, the reason why I went on about this at great length <laughs> is because I think a lot of us carry this with us wherever we go. So, you just reminded me of what, uh, what you just said. I was in India. Yeah. So, a bottle of water, apparently, it was taken there 10 rupees. So, I bought it near my cousin's place for 20 rupees. Hey, like 20 rupees, right? Yeah. 
50 cents. Yeah. What am I going to say? Got it. Went to uh, my cousin's place and then she was like, how much do you buy the water for? Not much, 20 rupees. She basically went down with me again, back to the shop to where I bought it from, started shouting at the person and the person, oh, yeah, here's stand back. Yeah, see, there we go. I think that's an excellent example of how aggression is rewarded and being nice is shit upon. They're like, oh, this kid is nice. Let me cheat him. But oh, this bitch of a lady was mean to me. Let me reward her, <laughs> you know? Um, and I've, I've seen this all throughout my life in India. And I do feel that um, we, we carry this, you know, in, into other countries. And I, I wonder if that entitled mentality comes from that, you know? So if someone is being bitchy or demanding to customer service here in Singapore, let's say an international is doing this, I wonder if it's because on a very subconscious level, that person's like, oh shit, if I'm nice, somehow this person will, you know, swindle me. You know, and of course, because this doesn't happen in Singapore, and you know, customer service here is awesome. Everybody, there's, there's like a social contract. You know, you be nice, and you'll, you'll be, be nice. To you. Yeah, exactly, right. And then suddenly, you have this person who's like gruff and demanding, and then this nice person, like, what the fuck? Why? You know, <laughs> dude, what do I do to you, man? <laughs> right, exactly. And I feel that that dissonance is what brings about the negative perception of a lot of Indian nationals when it comes to customer service, be it in bars, be it in restaurants. And, and that's why like, you, you, like I, I remember a lot of arguments from a lot of people saying that, oh, that's because you know, Indians uh, have poor capacity for drink. But then we know that's not the case because it applies to, in your example, it applies to customer service over the phone. It applies to a restaurant. You know? so I, I'd like to think that's, that's probably one of the driving factors, but once again, this is all conjecture on my part. Um, I've got no comments, man. I, w I would say it's more towards like, hey, when in Rome, right? Okay, I, I do agree on the part whereby in India, you got to hustle to yeah. either you make it or break it kind of thing. But if you move up from that area and get into another country with a whole different social norms of doing things, Shouldn't you like try and assimilate with that? Unless you're saying that it's because, oh, I moved to a new country and I only hang out with my own group. So I'm going to behave like that to everyone else who is not in that group. But we, this does happen with a lot of expats, doesn't it? They're like, why should I put in the effort when I can just chill, drink, hang out with my buddies in my own little clique and whatever happens outside of that doesn't really matter, right? Uh, this is not uh, a single community. This is like there's a lot of expat communities who are like this, right? Um, but I want to know if this particular aggressive hustle attitude is prevalent in those communities. Because as an Indian national, I know this applies to Indians, Indians from India, like, and I have that too. Let me let me be brutally honest with you. In my family. I'm, I like to think of myself as a very nice person. I'm considered a pussy. Not by friends, not by siblings, uh, by my grandparents. Because apparently the inability to raise your voice is considered being a pussy. There is some credence to that, you know? So there's a difference between being a pushover and being nice. What I feel growing up was that even being nice, showing basic courtesy is considered a sign of weakness, you know? And in a sense of pushover. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, that's, that's our boundary, you know? So it's like, if you want to be assertive, the Indian definition of assertive is to be angry, demanding, and 
a bully. You know, uh, I'm saying this purely from my experiences growing up, but I do think it's indicative of uh, a larger cultural trait. And you know, that's just one of those things, right? So um, we have a lot of you know Indian expat friends. Um, we know the vast majority of them are not like that, but I would like to think that the few who are probably do this because of this. You know, once again, I'm not justifying it. I'm not giving them excuses for it, but I'm just trying to see if that would explain a lot of these things. And like, as a Singaporean, is that? Do you think that could be the prime reason why you have an issue with with um, that the aggressive Indian nationals? Sorry, repeat your question, please. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I. Uh, okay. Uh, shit. You forgot your question. So, like, yeah, what I was trying to say was that, like, is this the prime reason? Is this their like, aggressive because, because attitude? They're arrogant or aggressive is because how they are treated yeah, back home, yeah. and you have to be aggressive, otherwise, you're considered a weak, yeah. a weakling. Yeah. Well, I, to be honest, I. I, what I feel is that what happens at home should just stay at home and you get out of the house and you do not treat the way you were treated to someone else. Of course, of course. That is true, that is true. Um, Raj, I do want to explore some other things that I think would probably you know, bring about these perceptions um, and it's, it's about stealing your jobs. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> You know, in my early years here, I found it hilarious that uh, Changi Business Park is called Changalore. Oh, you know? right. So I thought it was funny in the most unironically. Un you know, I was like, oh, that's a, that's a funny joke. But I didn't realize that there was like an element of um, xenophobia there, right? Now, like, so I've been to Changi Business Park a couple of times, and I have noticed that there is a large, you know, Indian population working in the tech industry here in Singapore. And, um, oh, dude, it's massive. It is, it is. And uh, so I'm curious, like, is this, is this probably one of the reasons why a lot of people have, you know, a, a, a poor image of Indian nationals because they're somehow perceived to be stealing all, all the tech jobs? Um, now, I do not know whether it correlates to being the topic of okay. the podcast. Yeah, yeah but I, I was just curious because, uh, like, so if, if there oh, are... Oh, wait. Oh, there's another way that we can look at it. That, okay. Hey, you know what? We got this job here, but you couldn't. So we are better than you. Okay. Okay. Right. Right. So that's that's an interesting angle. I, I was thinking that, you know, uh, so Singaporeans already have this, you know, uh, latent grudge. Okay. Grudge is the wrong word. They have this, you know, latent... Uh, what's the word? Uh, resentment because... Uh, there's a lot of Indians taking up tech jobs, and you know, I, I I don't think it's unjustified because because there have been cases where because there have been cases where um, you know a, comp a bunch of companies were you know were fined because they were only hiring people of a certain you know nationality, yep. and a lot of them were Indian companies. So there is probably some credence to that uh, you know resentment. So what I'm wondering is that, is that latent resentment somehow giving a bigger platform for when assholes come in, right? So let's say there's a super nice Canadian expat population. Everybody thinks that, oh, Canadian's super nice. And then when you have one asshole Canadian, they're like, 
Oh, you know, he's the outlier. I've right? actually never met a asshole Canadian. Well, so which is true, which is true. <laughs> but the thing is, like, if there's one asshole, uh, you know, Canadian, most people would be like, okay, he's an outlier. But because of this latent resentment, you know, for you know, jobs being taken away and all that, any asshole Indian comes in is suddenly like, oh shit, they take our jobs now, they act like dicks to us. You know, could could that be like one of the reasons why, you know, asshole NRIs get a lot more prominence than asshole expats from another country? It could be, but then I guess it will go through like everything as well, right? It will, it's a whole scale as well, the whole okay. spectrum. Whereby, okay. could be any other race or national. Yeah. It could be that as well, but the thing is that there's just too many of them that came in in a very short time. Okay, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying anything bad, like, early on, what you say. Uh, you know, I'm now excluding you and I'm just shitting <laughs> on the rest. <laughs> oh, you're not typical, so I can <laughs> shit on the other people now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say in general consensus, whereby most of us, this is how we feel, yeah. is that we don't mind migration. Like, people okay. coming in, uh, immigration, people coming in, getting jobs and all that, settling in. We do not mind that, but not to an extent whereby it come in like in huge waves yeah. and then the locals start you know uh, start suffering because they can't find yeah. they can't yeah. get a job that they want because someone else is gonna have it someone yeah. else is gonna do it cheaper yeah. and the other part of what I was gonna say was you know saying that uh, hey you know what you couldn't have this job they didn't want you they wanted me so, you know, fuck you. It is a very common trait among expats, especially in the financial sector. Yeah. Um, and somehow they feel that they're better than the rest of us. And I mean us including me as a lowly uh, Indian national outside of finance. Um, and, and to be fair, a lot of people in the banking sector are dicks. You know, I think it, it but, comes with, you but know. But then you think about it, right? Most of them are working for the banking sector, even though if they're in IT or tech yeah. support or whatever. Okay. They're, they're still the banking industry. Right. But their sub-function is, you know, either tech or whatever it right. is. But the thing is that they're like, yeah, they're in banking and that somehow gives them license, right? Once again, I'm not being racist towards bankers. You know, yeah, actually I am. Fuck bankers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's also one of those things, right? So I, I do feel that, you know, that stealing your jobs, um, mindset has elevated the average Indian national to someone that we should probably be wary of and then when they're assholes it's like oh yeah you know and the funny thing category like, five dick you know and the funny thing is that they will say that they have like you know MBAs and stuff okay cool but their MBAs are basically well you did it straight after doing your bachelor's and, uh, and in Singapore the, the mentality is that MBAs are supposed to done uh, supposed to be done after getting some you know work experience and stuff like that but they'll come in here fresh grad MBA grad no work experience get a job and then think that they're better than the rest yeah because yeah. first thing they have an MBA second thing they have a job and we don't yeah it's it's very common in India actually to go straight from a bachelor's to a master's even though like it is good practice to have work experience in between a lot of people just jump straight to it um, I'm not sure why. I don't have an MBA. I don't have that kind of money. Yeah, so. neither do I, man. Well, at least not yet. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not going to happen to me anytime soon. <laughs> I'm going to stay positive. It's going to happen soon. Um, another 
thing that I probably I want to explore with you is that do you feel that um, the Indian expat community at large has trouble integrating? Well, if they're going to stay in their own bubble, for example, like Mandarin Gardens. What's Mandarin Gardens? It's a condominium. Okay. At uh, which is really close to East Coast Park. Okay. It's basically known as a little India on its own. Okay. Because okay. there's so many Indian Indian experts staying there. Right. There's that, and then after which there's another one at uh, Melville Park, which is another condominium in Simei. Okay. It's considered like, oh, little India of the extreme east or something. Right. Because there's so many Indian experts staying there due to Changi Business Park. Right. Okay. Okay. I mean proximity counts. Okay, that's there. That's interesting. Like so, uh, so having these enclaves of Indian expats. Um, does it does it mean that a lot of these people just stick within that neighborhood? I would guess so, right? I mean, your friends would be all the people that you hang out with. Yeah. Uh, if you go to work, if you're surrounded by them, you go back home, you're just surrounded by them. Right. How? I don't think it would be easy for you to integrate uh, into like you know Singapore's culture. Okay. Because okay. first thing first is that uh, you're comfortable in your own you know circle. Right. For you to actually venture out of your circle. It's really tough because you'll be really uncomfortable meeting new people yeah. and you have no idea what how everything works yeah and when you're already comfortable settled in i don't think you would want to integrate with another until unless you're forced to for example oh uh you got a new job but apparently suddenly your colleagues are not like you no know, the people that you hang out with they're right. all like different races from either singapore or from any other country only then will you make a conscious effort to okay. try and integrate and try to understand a, diff a different culture. So my question to you, Raj, is that is this inability or is this discomfort with interacting with anything outside of that bubble more prevalent among the Indian expat community? I would say yes. Okay. Because the thing is, if you think about other expat groups, right? right. Let's take uh, the Filipinos, for example. They come in, they work, but they do still hang out with their friends and the locals as well. Right. I've got a few friends who are Filipinos and they do still, or rather in the past, they work, they hang out with the local uh, group, whereby they'll speak uh, Tagalog. Okay. And then they'll hang out with uh, the locals and whatnot as well. And they'll speak English with us and they'll you know, crack jokes and they'll ask us like, Hey, what's uh, this occasion for? What's that occasion for? And probably teach them a bit of English and all that. Okay, okay. I mean, they try to integrate, but I'll always tell them, you know what? Don't speak English. Well, okay. So that, that, that's another story, and this is one of the reasons why I always like, no, but it's try. The, I, I was on the side of caution because, you know, like, if I say it, like, you know, my Singaporean friends would be like, yes, yes. No, Please but don't. but but the thing is, but the thing is, it shows that you're trying to integrate. That's true. That's true. But the thing is that, like, I think I've, I've noticed, like, my fault, my mistake is that when I say it, it sounds as though that, that I'm parodying it. So so then I'm like, yeah, I'll just not say it. You know, it's just easier. But yeah, go on. You're saying. Yeah, and uh, and I've got a group of Indian friends, right? Yeah. I mean, they are nice people and stuff, but the way they make fun of Singaporeans because of Singlish. Right. And I'm like, dude. You have your own fucking street language back home. Yeah. When I speak Hindi, I learned it from the book, so mine is proper Hindi. <laughs> Which is just no, true. But then yeah. again, like they're the majority, right? Like I'm the only Singaporean, and they're all from India. Okay. They'll be they'll talk about themselves saying that oh, Singapore is a shit. They can't even speak proper English from uh, nerds. 
I would rather speak proper English. And, and I'm there listening and I basically snapped uh, one of the time, basically told him, you know what, if you hate Singapore so much, how about just fucking go back? Okay. okay. I mean, you're here to fucking, what, work on cash? Right. And try and integrate. If you cannot integrate, then why the fuck are you still here? Right. And that's the only time that I snapped and after which they were like, okay, take a yeah. chill pill then. So that's why you're not invited to the parties anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're my close friends for the past, what, uh, tw- uh, 12 years. Okay, okay. So I'm still invited for everything, but I guess to make a conscious decision, uh, right. a con- conscious uh, action of like never to diss right. you know, the locals in front of me. Okay, okay. The thing is that that is very typical expat mentality, if I would say. Like somehow, so that's the thing, right? And this is probably not related to the topic at hand, but what I've noticed is that a lot of expats, especially who uh, have uh, the really high-paid jobs, for example, they have this tendency to compare themselves against the average person in that particular country, right? Um, okay, so there is a friend of mine uh, who's American, and you know the oh you know, the Americans yeah you know the ba- big trope that oh, yeah. Americans are dumb and all that right yeah yeah so as, you know, as a, voting Trump in right yeah. <laughs> so I, one day I made a joke saying that hey you're not as dumb as your fellow countrymen and this was in a jocular tone and then he was like yeah that's because I got out right and he went on to say that the smarter people are the ones who tend to have opportunities to go out right so by the very definition of crossing their boundaries they are considered smarter than the rest. And then when they go to their destination country, they consider themselves, oh, we're smarter than the rest, that's why we're here. And then now they're interacting with people, you know, uh, in a country and they're interacting with all these, you know, regular people. And, and then somehow they feel that they're elevated. You know, they're like, they're like in a higher pedestal because of the fact that they're smart and they got out of their own country. And so there is that very interesting expat conversation that, uh, there's a very interesting expat conversation that goes to the tune of, oh, yeah, you know, uh, they talk about the local population like it's wildlife. You know, because they're like, oh, so I'm coming here to explore this country. And then, you know, locals do this. Did you know that? You know, locals do that. Did you know this? There's a very interesting indigenous local custom, you know. So it's, 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 it's very world expert-like. You know, and that, that, that comes with being an expat, and a lot of expats tend to have that mentality. Now, now, uh, let me interrupt. Yeah. That. All right. So you're moving more towards uh, like the Americans and all that. Yeah. But, yeah. but I'm gonna bring it back a bit about like, yeah. what if uh, I feel uh, if foreign NRI or the arrogant NRI in Singapore is that when they meet a local Indian, they'll always be looked down upon. Like the for the arrogant NRI will look down on the local. Indian. Okay, okay. Mainly because they'll be like, they're just dumb, they couldn't get a job. And that's, that, that really sucks. And this is, I know, it's a big problem. And uh, it's not our fault that, dude, we have to serve the fucking nation for two fucking years. That's what do you do for your country? Nothing. Get out. That's, I that's, mean, get out of your country and then came here. Yeah, yeah, no, I got it, I got it. Yeah, I think that's uh, as, as an Indian national, I am super conscious of this. And it brings back to what I said about, you know, like, Wearing way away from you know what they do, so like you know, and it's 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 always this dissonance with me. I'm like, you know, on the one hand, I am being categorized as an asshole NRI simply because of all these bunch of people doing these things, um, and on the other hand, I am doing things that are so different from these 
small bunch of people only because I don't want to be I don't want to identify with them. So, you know, I have this constant battle in my head: whether is it is it self-loathing? Is it you know, uh, should I not embrace my identity or at least you know? To be honest, I guess it's just being who you are, but don't be a dickhead to others. That's it. Hey, man, that's that that's my motto in life: don't <laughs> be a dick. And I think this should apply to pretty much everything. But a lot of people tend to forget that, and. Uh, it's, and it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that um, it's the Indian expats who tend to say this to you. Is, is it because they think that, hey, you know, you're Singaporean, but you're of Indian descent, so I can probably be shitty with you? Is that, is, no, because, it, like, they'll, you know what they'll do, right? First, they'll ask you questions like, oh, you're from Singapore, but which part of India are you from? I'll be like, Singapore, okay? Where are your parents from? Okay. Singapore, where's your ancestors from? I'm like, why the fuck should I give you my whole history? Okay, okay. That, and after which she'll be like, oh, what do you do? So maybe me, I'll just, yeah, I'll tell them what I do. And then you can see the look on their face. Okay, okay. Like, oh, okay, you do that. Wow, right. wow. Hey, cheers, buddy. Okay. Let's talk to someone else. Yikes. Hopefully, I'm not one of those guys. I mean, I do shit on you. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole different level of shitting. <laughs> that's like worse, man. <laughs> but I'm curious. Like, I, I like to think that you know when I shit with people, it's coming from a good place. You know, so it's there. Yeah, I mean, if everyone is laughing and all that, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm the only one who'll be like, you know what? Fuck you guys, man. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. Um, interesting conversation. Um, so, what, what do you think of bottom line is like? What's a well, okay, so as an Indian national, I believe that the large majority of Indian expatriates who live here in Singapore are awesome people. Okay. You know? Um, there is a small number of dickheads. There are. Oh my gosh, <laughs> pedantic, okay. So there are a small number of uh, dickheads, you know, who do things that somehow create a bad impression that is then ascribed to the entire Indian national population. Which sucks, you know, so yeah. as an Indian national, you know, I have to constantly be on my toes about, you know, making sure that everybody's comfortable and that, you know, I do the exact opposite of what my kind is perceived to do. Right. Right? Uh, but having said this, this once again, this is not a topic about shitting on Indian expats, not a topic about shitting on, you know, Indians in general. I am an Indian national. I no, believe. no, it is, it is, it is. It is. We're the just, thing we're is just that, shitting about those dickheads, not yeah, but the general the, like, population. I mean, the reason why I wanted to ask these questions is because I think there's also some level of self-criticism that I need to uh, engage in to understand, like, what is it that I can do as a person to make the people around me a lot more comfortable. Because once again, I'm a stranger in a strange land, you know? Sounds like a song name, a song's name. Oh, is it? Yeah, I mean, it sounds... Stranger in a strange land, yeah, but... Yeah, you know, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a stranger in a strange land, I am a foreigner, I have to be very cognizant of local sensibilities, right? And I also have to take the effort to, you know, understand how things work here, and I'm all the better and all the richer because of it, right? And it sucks to see that there are still certain things that are, you know, attributed to me because of a small bunch of fucking assholes, right? Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, it was an interesting conversation. I've actually never had this conversation about uh, Indian expats versus people of Indian descent. Um, and oh yeah, apparently it's a thing. 
but I guess most Singaporeans because they're not you know uh, a certain race yeah. they, they will just generalize everyone as the same which is, which is but then again you got you know you got the local minority who are you know from or rather do who who have basically in Indian blood in them yeah. are getting looked down upon these guys right right by these guys yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's not going to change anytime soon. I mean, it's hard to change mindsets over the course of a few years, right? But over time, things will change. Well, hopefully their kids are not dicks, but then their kids are mostly <laughs> dicks because, you know, they go for international schools. The only point of time that they realize, oh, shit, there are people outside of international school is when, when their parents become citizens or PR and then they serve national service. Okay. Where national service is... It's a great equalizer. Okay, okay. Whereby those three months or those two years that they're in it, it doesn't matter whether you're rich or not. You're fucking infantry, you guys suffer together. Okay. You know, you guys hang out over the weekend. But then again, when I was in the army, I've known a few people whereby they who are basically, you know, from international schools and they refuse to hang out with their own uh, BMT mates or their okay. own uh, platoon mates. Mainly why their reasoning is very simple. Dude, I see you guys like five times a day. No, wait, five times a week. Okay. Over the weekend, I want to meet my other friends. Okay, okay. I mean, it's, it's a fair thing, it's, but then... It's a fair thing, but then like, you know, sometimes we have events as well. Right, right. They refuse to turn up. Right. And then like everyone will start hating them. Okay. Because... Okay, training in the jungle and stuff is one thing. Okay. But then when you hit out and, you know, socialize with each other instead of you know always being so in like you know uh, uh, I guess army uniform yeah you're always that you can talk about other stuff other than just freaking whatever you're told to do kind of thing okay but when that guy those guys are not there it basically shows that yeah they do not want to integrate okay. with us outside of camp uh, just to confirm, are these international students of, of Indian ethnicity or, or is it like international students all uh, across the board? GIS. I don't know what Global GIS is. Global Indian School, Global oh, okay. GIS, okay. whatever. Right, right. So the other international school students tend to be a lot more approachable yeah, they hang and sociable? Okay, okay. You know, they'll get, like, all of us will buy our own drinks, you know, chill out, we'll laugh and talk about. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so I, that privileged thing plays a part as well when right. you go to international school because we speak better English and they were like, fuck you, you don't. It's oh, just this is like one of those, you know, high SES, low SES yes. bullshit, right? You just okay. have a freaking American accent and you think you're better than us. Okay, huh? <laughs> okay. Wow. Shit, okay. Privilege. All right. But I guess that's also a conversation for another time because I do want to explore that. <laughs> but yeah, that can wait for another episode. And on this note... Uh, I still have to yeah. state my point yeah, in regards right. to this is that everyone, like, my bottom line for this conversation or rather this podcast is that everyone has their own issues. Yeah. But that does not and will never give you a right to be a dick to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. If you are being a dick, you know, just preempt them in advance hey you know what I'm having a very bad day whatever yeah yeah, yeah just don't be a dick yeah you know words, words of wisdom from Uncle Raj don't be a dick <laughs> and and don't enroll in GIS apparently that's a shitty shitty fucking school uh, no wait well, I, I'm not saying that man. come on man. You... <laughs> don't make words there <laughs> I joke I joke um, guys I guess uh, yeah this is all we have for today 
Um, you know, thanks for listening in. And once again, give us some feedback. Right? Come on. Yes. We love yes. your feedback. Yes, please uh, give us some feedback. Tell us what you think about this episode and other episodes and the podcast in general. Um, you know, check us out on on Spotify. <laughs> check us out on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Pocket Casts, and we're also on YouTube. So, you know, whenever you feel like you want to listen to a podcast, listen to ours first and no one else's because, you know, we're quality. <laughs> and, if, and if we suck, let us know why we suck. Yes, yes. I think this is an important uh, part. We really want your feedback. Good, bad, ugly, just lay it on thick. And this is how we grow and this is how we improve. Um, once again, this is me, Rindo. And I'm Raj. And this is Living It Up in Lion City. Ciao.